0: I'm Lindsay, mom of two active boys on the West Coast and believe there's no reason for money to be ugly. I love helping busy moms make it pretty without using
1: cash envelopes or coupons. I'm Megan. Me and my husband, we have four kiddos and I relate more to the dad role than the mom. And I'm an HGTV loving, oversharing finance nerd.
0: Together we host the Money Stuff with Moms podcast. We understand the hashtag mom life but we
1: also can appreciate the big picture adulting responsibilities like money. In this podcast, we invite you to be a part of our no-fluff, fun conversations that will give you helpful on-the-go finance tips, even if it's just a peek behind the curtains to hear about what we are doing with our
0: money. Today we're going to talk about saving for kids' education, um, and we didn't plan this out. We have uh, we did not prep for this, so I actually have no idea what Megan does for her kids, and I think that's a perfect place to start by putting her on the spot and asking for her opinion on saving for kids' education. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Well. I am saving for my kids education. I have four of them. And so the chances of one of them, for all of them, they're nice, mom. Well, the chance <laughs> of one of them needing the money is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like all my kids are going to be about 18 Emmett's going to be 17 when he graduates high school and that is just I feel like not mature enough to be able to going out into the real world and making adult decisions so like whether or not they choose the career education part mm-hmm. is kind of um, not super super important but just to be doing something whether it you know, exploring other, you know, disciplines in college or university or trying out a trade. I just want them to be able to do that without Mm -hmm. having to go into debt. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things that my parents did for me is they said that they would pay tuition, but that was it. So I applied to various universities. I got in, my number one pick was University of Ottawa. And I got in and my parents were like, cool, yeah, no problem, we'll pay tuition, but that's it, (laughs) which very quickly um, made my choice for me because I didn't have money for residence. But it's just one of those things, you're so young when you graduate high school, while you're in it, you think you're like old, you think you're an adult. (laughs) But you're really just a little baby. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I want to be able to extend their education longer, even if they don't end up really needing it for their careers.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. What about you? Are you saving for your kids' education? We save, but we don't save monthly.
0: Um, So we save um, sometimes. (laughs) And we save birthday and Christmas money. Oh, okay, nice. And the reason we do that um, is because I don't prioritize that saving above my retirement savings or my vacation fund, Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that the experiences that I give my kids when we travel are important, and we're really... We lead a, a fairly busy extracurricular life, and sometimes the whole family is like ships passing in the night. Mm-hmm. And so, getting that time together when we go away, um, I just hold so high on my priority list. It's not so much the experiences of the other cultures, yes, that's there too, but it's the time, mm-hmm. um, you know, the time together that I love so much. And so, yeah, I prioritize those two things. Um, because I started working when I was 15, um, I made a decent amount of money while I was going to school, working weekends and summers. Um, I got a small student loan. I, uh, there was lots of scholarships that were available to me. Um, and so I just feel like there's lots of funding options for my children. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas I don't have other funding options for my travel or my retirement. Okay, yeah. Um, So in, yeah, in my plan, when I make more money one day, I will probably add more to my kids' savings, but we'll likely be in a a similar position um, as to what you were in, in terms of telling our kids that there's enough for tuition, Mm -hmm. but living expenses are on them um or something along the lines of you can live at home for free if you're going to school things like that um but uh I I think it's for those who can afford it it's a bit silly not to save in an RESP um yeah. and so obviously, you don't have to put your kids money in an RESP you can just put it in a I mean, you can put it under your mattress if you want to, Um, but it's, it's a little bit silly because it's 20% free money um, on that first 250, 250, uh, $2,500 a year. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a free, you know, what's the maximum $7,200 per child. Right. So, We are always looking to save money at the grocery store, pay off our debts to save the the interest, invest wisely to get a decent tax or a decent rate of return. Obviously, we want the instant guaranteed 20% from the government. Um, So I think that, uh, yeah, for those who can fit it into their budget, it would be silly not to. Um, And for us, it's a priority, but it's not the top. Priority.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: we save little bits. We have grandparents um, put in a little bit every month. So I guess in that sense, uh they do have a monthly contribution. Um, and uh and then extra Christmas and and birthday money. Yeah. Um, and there, there's so many places that you can put your money. How did you decide what kind of account um, or maybe I should say that more clearly, what type of product to choose for your kids RESP?
1: I make no decisions when it comes to product. I uh, just fall. I, I blindly follow people that are smarter than me. So the two wow. resources I use for portfolios, um, the first one is PWL. They do model portfolios. You can go on their website. PWL is a advisory and asset management company. Mm -hmm. They work with some of the wealthiest people in Canada Mm -hmm. and they are very smart, way smarter than me. I just copy their
0: portfolios.
1: (laughs) So that's the one thing. If I manage it myself for my RESP, I do not manage that myself. I use um, Modern Advisor. They have set portfolios. Their fee is totally reasonable. And I'm That's where I put my RESP money. So I didn't even think for one second about the product within the account. (laughs) Fair,
0: fair. And I would imagine um, in both of those options, definitely um, with Modern Advisor, um, those would be mostly ETFs. I haven't looked at that
1: so, Modern Advisor is all ETFs, and the model portfolios from PWL—they are actually a majority index funds. So, for both options, they're quite low on the ski on the fee structure, mm-hmm. and they move pretty much in alignment with the market. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um. um yeah. and for my education savings because I have four kids it's not four different accounts it's one account for the whole family
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. so there was that and then for the actual contributions when I had my first baby all the money from the government went didn't even like really hit my bank account mm-hmm. I would get my child tax benefit or whatever it was called back then it was like Something a little bit different, I think. Um, I think that's
0: what it was. It was CTB before, child yeah. tax benefit.
1: Child tax benefit. Okay. Yeah. So that would hit my bank account on the 20th. And on the 22nd, it would leave my bank account to the cent and go right to his education savings. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, so, I just felt like, oh, this is the government, like the government says they're never going to do free tuition. Well, aha, I got you, you know? Like that's what I was kind of thinking. It
0: feels like such free money with baby number 1, right? Like you didn't yeah. most people when they're pregnant, like they don't even know that the government gives you money when you have a baby. It's like,
1: "Woohoo!" Yeah, woohoo. And then when I had my second baby, we needed that government mm-hmm. money to actually survive just yeah. because of the cost of daycare of having two under two, you know, like ah. it was just, I, life was just so much more expensive. So we actually pushed pause altogether on education savings until we had a little bit more breathing room and I've pushed pause on my education savings lots. Um, yeah. yeah. And that, ba- I think I turned it back on when we had, Emmett, so our our baby who's now four, and I just started with a really small amount. It was like twenty five dollars or something, just to get back into the habit of being yeah. that much poorer. And then I shouldn't say that. That's a mindset <laughs> thing. No, no, no. But twenty, I, we had twenty five dollars less to spend every month, and then I gradually made it like twenty five dollars every two weeks, and then it was twenty five dollars a week, and now. I do $75 weekly into my um into my education savings. And the because that's what we can afford. Yeah. You know, I'm not maxing it out at the moment. I wish we could, but it's just not something that's in the budget right now. Like that's a lot of dough for kids. That's $132
0: yeah. a month.
1: No, it's $75. For the whole account, it's no, not, no, no, maxing oh, it out for all four. Oh, maxing <laughs> it out, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> the eight thirty-two. Like, it's just not. That's a lot. Financially feasible. Plus, we have other things we want to do. Like my kids want to do activities. Mm-hmm. We do go away every year. Just, you know, we got to make that balance. Totally. Yeah. But it is so hard saying no to tw- like an instant twenty percent return. Very yeah. tempting. Um, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And for, for lower income families, I'm not sure what the threshold is. So um, maybe we can put it in the show notes for the Canada learning bond. Um, That's another $500 when you first open your account. Mm -hmm. Um, And then every year that you're still in that tax bracket, it's another hundred dollars per year. Um, It's there's the government wants your kids to go to school and they don't want you to have to go broke over it. So they help you. Um, I think BC is now the only province, that still has an extra um, funding model, um, which is between the age of six and nine. Um, and the day before their ninth birthday is the the cutoff, which um, might be important if you are a procrastinator like I am. Um, it's the day before your the kid's ninth ninth birthday. You can apply for another twelve hundred dollars. Um, it's called the BC Training and Education Savings Grant. Uh, so there's like there's lots of money out there, but it can't go under your mattress. It has to go into an RESP, um, and our kids our ESPs are in the exact same place probably in the exact same model uh, risk tolerance level at modern advisor as yours. Um, if people have worked with me before or taken any of my programs listen to this program uh, or listen to this podcast, you probably know that I really like to separate my account so I have two accounts Of course um, you do. Of course I do why wouldn't I right? <laughs> I really like them to be organized on their own. Um, and what I found on the, the individual versus family is that when we were dealing in mutual funds and opening accounts with all sorts of paperwork, um, it made so much sense to me to use a family account. Now that things are online and digital, um, it's quite easy to open up multiple. The reason that I did it the way that I did it um, is one because I like things to be separate. I don't like my peas touching my mashed potatoes. Um, But also a lot of people don't realize that you can transfer money between kids um, into or more individual accounts in a similar fashion as you can in a family account. Obviously, it's a little bit more admin work. Um, You just can't cross that cross that $7,200 threshold. Uh, One child can't get more than $7,200. So they can't load up because their brother didn't go to school. Uh, But they can load up in the sense of if they've only received $3,500 of that free money, um, they can use their siblings free money. Um, But uh, yeah, it's just a little bit more work to have them Separate And one of the things that I did, like I say, I started working when I was 15 and and helped, you know, fund some of my um, post-secondary, I guess. Uh, and I have an assumption that my kids will do the same, that they will contribute. And so I was thinking ahead going, well, how, like, where does Ashton put his money if it's in the same account as Reed's? um or if Ashton I don't know got a gift from somebody I don't know what that might be that the other one wouldn't get but like if we had extra money how does that go into a family account and I just thought ah, it's nice and easy for me being being the one um on the back end of the accounts doing it myself to have them separate right from the beginning um yeah lots of people like family accounts it's one of those things right like together separate whatever, just get some money in there. Um, and I think that we we can't talk about RESPs without discussing some of the different product types out there. Um, I assume that it's still fairly common through the banks that when you have an RESP, it is almost automatically a mutual fund. They generally don't put those into GICs or high interest savings account or, you know, any of the other options, our ESPs typically historically anyways, um, went straight into a mutual fund. Do you think that that's, is that still true based on your experience talking to people and seeing stuff in the last few years? I think that's still how it's done.
1: Yeah. I'm really not too sure about the, the banks and how they're doing. I know, um, one of the things that I've seen pretty common now is you pick the year that your kid will be 18 or 17. Yeah. The target date and you use a target date fund and yeah. the way that target date funds work is they automatically adjust your risk tolerance based on the closer you get to needing the money. Mm-hmm. So they kind of take on a higher risk while your kid is a baby Mm -hmm. and as your child gets closer and closer to needing the money, AKA age 18, they put you into more safe, conservative type products so that you're not taking dips because let's say, for example, your child Mm -hmm. turned 18 and, you know, 2020 or 2021 that would have been very ouchy to be taking money out when it's down. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And so, yeah, in those, in those funds, they're going to have um, more like equities or stocks in the beginning um, and then more cash and bonds um, in the end, um, you know, kind of.
1: One of the things that I think is at a disservice for parents is when you have your baby, um, you start getting like you know, coupons for diapers and formula and information from the health unit about vitamin D or whatever, whatever. Mm. And one of the information things that I got uh, and I remember getting was about saving for education, but it was brand. Mm. It wasn't from the Was it from the government? I can't remember, but it looked very official and it was for a trust. Hey, mama. I wanted to pop in quickly and let you know that
0: I just released a brand new program called Budget for More. It's the complete roadmap to setting up an automated budgeting system that will leave you with more. More time, more vacations, more fun, more wine. If you would like to check out this program, go to my website, lindsayplum.com forward slash budget for more. And if you want a discount on that program, I'd love to give it to you. There's a 50% off discount for podcast listeners. Use coupon code BETA50, B-E-T-A-5-0. I would love to see you inside that new program to help you budget for more. Still surprising to me that those marketing tactics are allowed. Actually, <laughs> I'm I'm surprised that they still do that, but they do.
1: So I would caution anybody who potentially is already saving in a trust or mm-hmm. has been considering what their options are for education savings, is to talk to somebody who's objective who doesn't mm-hmm. benefit if you move it but also doesn't benefit if you continue with it mm-hmm. just to get their opinion because i'm going to give you a real raw opinion they're a scam and they're terrible and they're more expensive than they're worth and it mm-hmm. it is i would 100 i mean if you call me i'm going to tell you get your money out of there oh wait you can't that's unfortunate restart somewhere else yes yeah yeah you can
0: um, have one account
1: yeah, I'm just really against these RESP trusts and people can maybe, you know, debate me about it and prove me wrong. And I'd love for you to do that. But for my experience, I haven't seen any benefit. I think they are a scam and they are putting people who are the most vulnerable at risk. They're not a good product. I would never, mm-hmm. I would say run. I would agree with all of that Um, and um,
0: so what Megan's referring to commonly called a scholarship trust um, and it is what comes in that welcome wagon you know basket when you have a baby Um, and over the years, I have tried to um, be open-minded and, you know, diplomatic on the subject. And here's the here's the best play. Here's the best I can do on that: is I have never ever met somebody who I would consider to be um, educated or an expert in the topic of financial planning or personal finance. I have never met one single person that owns a scholarship trust for their children or recommends scholarship trusts. So like Megha was saying before, you know, look at the people who know more than you and copy them. Um, All of them are not buying scholarship trusts. (laughs) So even regardless of, you know, my own opinions on them, if I take a step back and widen the scope, Nobody else owns them either. The people who own them don't know what else is available out there, right? Yeah. Um, so that's that's my one, um, you know, diplomatic view. And my my other one is that um, buying a product from someone who only sells one product is not always your best choice. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the vacuum salespeople that come to your house and they spend three hours showing you how great the vacuum is. Um, they only sell that one vacuum. Mm -hmm. That's not who I want to buy a vacuum from. Um, those who sell scholarship funds, not only do they only sell scholarship funds, um, they are not educated in retirement planning. They are not educated in any type of insurance. Um, and well, yes, I believe that saving for your kids' education is a good thing. Like I've already said, I don't think it's a top priority. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to find out that somebody's bought a scholarship fund um, at the cost of making sure that they have proper insurance for the parents in the house, to be, you know, making sure that they um, can fund their own retirement. Um, and one of the challenges with those with those accounts is the restrictions, sometimes pausing, sometimes um, canceling and getting your money back. Your, your money goes, your contributions go almost entirely to fees and commissions in the first however many months, many times that's lots and lots of months. Um, so if you realize when your kids two or three that maybe there was something that would have been a better fit for you, you don't have that flexibility. Um, it's designed that way. And that's probably why, you know, one of the the reasons that you, Megan, have that, you know, scam taste in your mouth, right? Like if I'm locked into something, um, but that's not cool. That's my money. I want to make my decisions on that money. Um, but yeah, I always come back to I've never met
1: a money expert who owns them themselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So why would I buy them? <laughs> no, that's right. That's, that's a, the, I mean, that actually adds like so much simplicity to it.
0: Totally. Then I don't have to be the jerk saying whether or not they're right or wrong. I have a very strong opinion on them. I get to, uh, I get to just look at everybody else and say, well, they're not doing that. So why would I, If it Mark, was so good, they'd all
1: do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or at least one of them would,
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't even know a single one.
1: Yeah. They're not a good idea. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty gray zone with a lot of things like I can see I'm like a Gemini, right? Like I can see yeah. the two sides of every coin. There's no plus side to these scholarship trusts. No, there's no, no. Plus.
0: and I have searched for years as somebody who you know I've put myself out there on social media and I've got my Facebook group. You really try to look for both sides of the coin. Um and I've never seen one. I've never seen the other side of the coin. If you Listeners, if you know the other side of the coin, feel free to, uh, to come and make and said before, prove us wrong. (laughs) If you, if you can uh, show us why they're, why they're great, uh, feel free.
1: (laughs) free. (laughs) I, I would absolutely be open to that conversation. One Mm -hmm. of the main hesitations or questions I could ask about education savings is what if my kid doesn't go to school? absolutely yeah number one question okay for sure Uh, i'm gonna tell us if if ashton and
0: reed don't go if they if they take over moolah if they take over our business and they decide not to do a degree um and you know they just get trained up in our ways what happens with their resp money
1: okay so there's there's absolute options for your resp money there's you know, you could transfer if you have other children, let's say, who may use it. Okay, let's transfer over some of the eligible transfer funds over to the other child. You can also transfer to your retirement. Mm-hmm. There's some, I don't want to say penalties, but there are some, you don't get to transfer it all because some of it was grant money. Some of it was usually bond money, whatever else. Yeah. Um, but I truly, truly believe that even if your boys don't end up going to college or university, there is going to be something that they sign up for. Absolutely. All you need to take the money out of your education savings is an enrollment form. Okay. Mm I... Correct me if I if I'm wrong because I haven't been on that side of the table in seven years. but all I needed when clients needed money from their education was an enrollment form. Never in the 10 plus years that I was taking money out of education for clients did I ever have to send a tuition invoice?. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because when you're paying, when you're paying for your kids' education, sometimes it involves tuition. Sometimes it involves books. Sometimes it involves residency. Sometimes it involves putting a little bit of money towards transportation, whatever it is. Take it all. Get the proof of enrollment Mm -hmm. and take it all. Fair. Yes, yes, your child's going to be taxed, Mm -hmm. potentially. Let's say there's 50,000 bucks in there. Right yeah yeah they'll be taxed but you still get to keep the 20% that's right. plus the, plus the growth plus anything else I just that's not a good enough reason for me.
0: <laughs> no no, it's not a good enough reason and you can you can use up the, the government money um, before using your contributions um, and it's the government money that if, if your child doesn't go, doesn't use it for education, government says, Hey, hold up. We gave that to you for education. So you got to give that back. Um, but you can use that government money to go and do a short program, um, and take your contributions or put your contributions back into, or not back, but put them into your RRSP. Um, or I mean, for some kids that, you know, don't fit into the the box who want to go and travel and, you know, learn from others. Um, yeah. There's the tax. Yeah. There's the penalty on it, but who cares? I mean, I'm so with you. I think that putting the money into the RESP um, you between your the siblings and all of the different programs that are eligible now, like trades programs, like, you know, short, Six week programs. Um, there are lots of things that your kids can do. I remember we had a client once whose child was wanting to do a flying school over in the UK or something like that. And like, oh, it was eligible. It met the definitions. Um, you do not need to go to your you know cookie cutter college or university for this money. So cross that bridge when you get to it. Um, most people are going to be able to use and access the funds in their RESP, um, for either a small amount of tax, a small penalty or none at all. So I think that, uh, we don't need to worry about that. Um, we just don't, most of us are not hoping that our kids finish high school and never do anything else. That's Mm -hmm. not the hope for most of us, right? We have an expectation that they will do something and, um, so there's, yeah, there's just no risk. There's just no risk in, in my opinion. Cross that bridge when you get to it. Yeah.
1: I yeah, you're, I think we're totally on the same page. We, there's no, your child's going to do something, something, whether it's signing up for a uh, cooking class or mm-hmm. some sort of training Some, your child is going to do something, even if your boys take over your business, there is a really, there's a really high likelihood that you're not going to want to teach them how to do, let's say accounting or whatever it is, where they're going to have to go do, you know, some night classes for, yeah, yeah
0: or they'll go do their CFP or they're like, there's lots of things that they would do um, that would be eligible for their RESP account. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, message there to those of you who are listening, like even, even for the mom listening, who is just tapped right now and you know maybe you just had a baby and income's low and you know you're in that phase of life um still going open an RESP because maybe you get that five hundred dollars that Canada Learning Bond there is so much I, I saw a study one time of the amount of dollars that are go unclaimed in Canada Learning Bond every year um and the cumulative number was like wildly massive um, because people feel like, oh, I can't afford to do this, so I won't do, I, I, so I won't, right? But yeah, if you're in that lower income bracket, $500 to get started, and often it's $525, they give you this like $25 admin bonus or something I'm not even sure what that is Um, but $500 to get started $100 for every year after that if you're in BC another $1,200 when they're six Um, and then at some point somebody will give them some Christmas or birthday money yeah maybe it only adds up to be $2,000 or $3,000 in the end but it's still worth it Um, and for lots of people um, you can get this into your budget Um, and so they're government does not give you free 20% very often. Um, So do not worry about what your kids are going to do when they're 17 or 18 or 19. Um, Hopefully they've got a great head on their shoulders and they make awesome decisions that you agree with and and you're happy that they are uh, using this money. And if not, who cares? Pay the better penalty and take the money. It's just fine. Thanks for spending your time with us today.
1: If you heard anything that piqued your interest, check out the show notes because we probably have some extra deets or links down there.
0: Your homework for today. Go talk to someone about your money, either your spouse, your kids, your coworker, or a licensed professional.
1: And if you don't like those humans today, we're always talking in Lindsay's Facebook group black is the new red so join us over there head over to facebook type in black is the new red you'll see so many amazing like-minded individuals in there trying to get better asking the right questions supporting one another
0: we look forward to hanging out with you again on your next dog walk or while you watch soccer practice from the sidelines cheers